Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Some really great conversation uh, happening on our KOE Common Spirit Health text line 56690. We'll get back into uh, some of that. Uh, somebody wanted us to follow back up with our uh, Spencer Rattler conversation. Uh, we can get back into that here in just a little bit. Um, but there was one thing, kind of several things that came out of the press conferences uh, with George Payton and Sean Payton. And we we talked earlier in the week, Al, about uh, one of the bigger ones, which was Sean acknowledging, whether intentionally or not, that the Broncos are getting another quarterback. They're going to be getting the next quarterback. Sean let that slip. It's pretty obvious at this point. They're going to be getting a new quarterback. We don't know who that is. There's obviously up for debate over the next few months, a couple months. But there was something else that happened in the midst of everything. And it was a discussion point on Drew Sanders. And here's what George Payton said, and uh, we'll react to it in just a second. You know, I let the coaches, you know, Sean, I, you know, that's a work in progress. We, we thought he finished well on the edge. Um, we're going to sit down with Drew and the coaches, and we've had those meetings. You know, I think he'll probably end up on the edge, but we're, he has the flexibility. And, you know, he's so talented, it's hard. It's kind of like Baron Browning. And we interviewed a kid last night from Notre Dame who's played inside and outside. And so um, it's a blessing. Sometimes it's a curse, you know, because they can't get settled in at one position. But once we, we, we left Drew at outside, you know, he, he finished strong. And, and so, we're, you know, we feel good about Drew moving forward. So if Drew Sanders, who obviously the Broncos need to have significant more productivity this year from, ends up staying outside, well, how does that impact our view not only of the outside linebackers, but also the inside linebackers and what you're looking at in free agency in the draft. Yeah, I think that uh, playing inside linebacker just wasn't for him. That's what it sounds like, doesn't it? Right. Um, That's exactly what that sounds like. We can go back to the Miami Dolphin game, but that was early in his career, and he didn't know what he was doing. But that's where we start. Missed a lot of tackles, asked to run sideline to sideline, using that terrific speed, and it just did not work out. So that outside linebacker group is, once again, it's it's a really good group. Um, We'll, we'll see how that all works out. I, I just don't know if they believe he is truly special. Like, I don't know if he's special playing outside linebacker. I thought he was going to be special playing inside linebacker. I did, too. I did too. So he was a he was a first round projected player that they got in the third. That that's quite literally. I mean, that doesn't almost never happens. Well, unless maybe, a guy gets maybe, in trouble or yeah, is hurt. Is there a reason behind that? There must be a reason. Then there must be a reason, right? These things don't happen by accident. But he was talked about and mocked in first in the first round, and he was angry. Remember that? Remember how angry he was? Oh yeah. I think you you asked him about I that. Asked, yeah, I asked what 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 it was like seeing other names taken off the draft board before yours, and he was upset. He said it was upsetting. So I, I get it, but you know, 
you got to go, you got to come with it, man. This is the league. Like, I love telling people that this is the league. And the league doesn't care about your, your feelings or your emotions. <laughs> and if you think that, uh, somebody cares about how you feel when you're not pl- feeling your best or playing your best, you're out of your mind. That's when they have, you know, look, is looking to have a career day. So, yeah, just just know it. So if he is an outside linebacker, okay, so we'll play, let's play this forward. Because I, cause I said that I wouldn't mind an edge rusher at 12 if they don't go quarterback. But now, now I think about it in terms of, okay, well, actually, your outside linebacker room is in pretty good shape. Your inside linebacker room has some question marks, although you just gave Jonas Griffith a one-year extension. So technically... You could roll with Jonas and Alex Singleton as your inside linebackers. Maybe you can bring back Josie Jewell on on another one-year kind of deal. I mean, I don't know what his market's going to look like. But all of a sudden, it does does set up in a not-so-terrible way. I mean, you don't have necessarily an alpha there like as a, a true number one at edge, but you might be able to get by. You might be able to get by with that group, especially if Drew Sanders takes a step forward. But but I, I I do have I do have concerns about the inside linebacker group because Jonas has got too many injuries. Yeah, I, I don't I don't think uh you know, I was looking at you know the potential free agents and Patrick Queen name came up. Yeah, that was one we talked about. Right, and um, a big fan of his. Just looking at like, like inside linebacker pay is almost like. Mm-hmm. Like running back pay, yeah, it's not really uh, one of those high profile positions that you pay anymore. I mean, you still he could probably make ten million. Oh I mean, yeah, it is yeah. free agency, and the cap just went up. Oh, I get it. I'm just up, saying. Up, up. I'm just saying it's not like a premier corner or premier pass rusher. No doubt. You know, so things have changed that way. So, um, it, it's it's something to pay attention to, but it's not it's not anything that you can. Uh, Put your finger on about the middle linebacker position, but it's not something that I would worry about because okay. you could always bring Josie Jewell back for four or five million dollars, and that might end up being what they ultimately do, right? I mean, that and, is and, and you know, away we go. By the way, Mike Cliss says that uh, next week because today we saw a ton of cuts, a ton mm-hmm. of cuts out there. Did you see J.C. Jackson, Kevin Byard again, again with J.C. Jackson this time from the Patriots. J.C. Jackson, Kevin Byard. Uh, let's see here. I mean, they're, they're, they're the center from the Commanders got cuts. I was another safety out there. They were, I mean, it was a it was a bloodletting today. Marcus May got cut. We'll get into that and how that might impact Justin Simmons. But you know, we're we're starting to see teams just kind of say, thought, "Hey." As so, soon as I saw that, I thought, "Hey, Vic Fangio knows a safety, and the safety's in Denver. Maybe they're looking to make a deal." Could be the case. Justin Simmons' deal is it's interesting. It's an interesting deal, man. Uh, but the problem is they don't really have a lot of depth. I mean, because like P.J. Locke's a free agent, right? So maybe you can bring him back on a relatively cheap contract. Or maybe you reset the room altogether. I mean, at this point, the safeties are also... You got a few star safeties out there, but the, you, you, if you find a way to get by... Yeah. I don't think that, uh, I don't think that we, we're going to get to a situation where we're comfortable with what we're going to do in the room until we figure out what we're doing at quarterback. Yeah, no, you're right about that. 
Because if we're going young at quarterback, we might as well go young everywhere. Well, you're talking about a reset. Yeah. Well, I mean, yes. I mean, you, you, yeah, yes. You have to start over so that the, the, the team can grow around and grow with the young quarterback. Mm, I don't, I don't know if I agree with that. Okay. You know, the Chargers, and, and they're not the greatest example, but they, they put, Justin Herbert in with all vets. In fact, the the How reason why, well, I mean, their offense looks pretty good. Their defense has had their, their misses, but they, they the looking whole design back, looking, of it. Looking back at it, Ryan, said they have reset and all those young. You cut Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. Maybe and, you trade them for great assets that you can use in the draft. Maybe you would have got a Jamar Chase. Yeah, maybe. Maybe you would have got a Justin Jefferson. Yeah, I mean, the, the results aren't what they are, but they, they hit the ground running with Justin Herbert, and, yeah. and, and that helped but his that development. Was a mistake. That was a mistake. He wasn't even supposed to play that year. If Tyrod Taylor doesn't get a punctured lung before a game, then he doesn't even see the field. Yeah. There's some truth to that. All right, we can come back. We can finish that conversation. Let's get a quick check of traffic from the Kiowa Traffic Center. Here's Mike Spataro. I'm a little surprised. I'm a little surprised how many texts... We got in agreeing with you, Al. Not that they were I'm surprised they're agreeing with you. I'm surprised they're agreeing with you on starting over. I was several came in as soon as you said, yeah, if you're going to go with a young quarterback, you should go young as at as many positions as possible. This one right here, Big Al's right. Go with young quarterback. Got to let a lot of the veterans go. And uh, through how many quarterbacks, how many coaches this team is been bad. It's time to start over. Do Bronco fans really want that? Are you because because I don't I've maintained that I didn't think Broncos fans were ready for a, an actual rebuild at this point. Maybe years ago they would have stomached it, especially if you knew what it was going to look like. But now we're we're you you nine years. Do you have a possibility of losing again? Why why even have Sean Payton here if you're going to rebuild? Well, I just want to see what's going to happen in this year's upcoming NFL draft. I really do. Because the whole organization could be reset. And if the entire organization is reset, then you'll be forced to go young. Because, you know, you'll have very few future draft picks. And you will have the Russell Wilson contract that you're dealing with. So it's gonna it's gonna lend itself for you to go young. It doesn't mean that you can't get good young players. It, it just means that they're young and they're not. It's not time. You know, like if you're asking me to pay Cortland Sutton number one money, I'm telling you no. If you're asking me to pay Tim Patrick number two money, I'm telling you no. If you're asking me to pay Justin Simmons, you know, All Star Pro Bowl safety money, I'm telling you no. Well, he is one, though. I'm not, I'm not telling you he's not. And I'm not telling you Justin, I mean, uh, 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 um, I'm not telling you that Cortland. Cortland or Tim Patrick can't play. I'm just telling you I'm not doing it with this team with a young quarterback. Mm. You don't think surrounding the young quarterback with established veteran talent is valuable? Really? I don't, I don't get that. Some talent. Those talent, those guys that are talented are going to be making a million, two million dollars a year. Jerry Judy will make his 13 or 14. Mm. That's the one guy that you're going to keep. And the rest of the guys are guys that are going to be coming off of, you know, an introduction to the NFL. They, 
They know more about the NFL than the upcoming rookie by one or two years. Some of this strikes me as just just exhaustion of the fan base, right? I mean, and, how many and that, years? And, that, and that's what I'm talking about. And that's and, and see, that's why I say it's better now to go ahead and reset. But there was a time when we had no patience as Bronco country uh, seems to have when it comes to the quarterback position. Like we, if we want a championship and we want our team to look good and play good. And with that being said, Ryan, that means that we can't have a two or three year slump. But you know what? We're past that now. I think now we are resigned to say we have to start over. It's just the right thing to do. No, please don't put a Band-Aid on it anymore. But what does the Band-Aid look like to you? Kirk Cousins. I mean, that's better than a Band-Aid. That's Russell Wilson. Case Keenum. Russell Wilson well, wasn't a Band-Aid two years ago. Well, he is now because you don't like him. And if it, if it is Russell Wilson, it's for one year. That's true. You see what I'm saying? So so let's not do it. Let's just go ahead and, and get our guy, even if it's not in this year's draft. So like Jimmy Garoppolo. No, no. It's a it's a band-aid. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like I'm giving more yeah. examples yeah. Of, of actual Everybody except Justin Fields is a band-aid. Got it. Justin Fields can be looked at as a guy that's gonna profile to be your future here. What it was Jared Stidham then? He's just a placeholder. Doesn't even get to be a band-aid. No. <laughs> He's a placeholder. I mean, I, 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 I'm I'm not trying to talk negatively about I Jared Stidham. I know. I'm just I telling you, he's a placeholder right now because we don't have another quarterback on the roster that's played the NFL snap. But the unknown of a rookie, but you don't want a rookie. So what what do you want? Because you don't really want a rookie either. I, you know, no, no. I'm okay with a rookie. Okay, but you you're okay with a rookie if the coinciding move, like like it's it's got to be that. Plus a, ch- a major change on the roster. Is that, am I reading you right? I'm telling you, you don't that, want a rookie just plugged into yeah, this team. I'm, I'm telling you that we could be a team with a hundred million dollars in salary cap relief next year. Okay. Okay. And in that time period next year where we could get a hundred million dollars in salary cap relief, we could then bring in some guys that are coming into their own again, but not right now. I mean, with a young quarterback, you need everybody, you know, you, 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 you know, like KJ Hamler did something two years ago that was really disrespectful. He threw his hands up in the air and asked for the football from Russell Wilson. It was really, really disrespectful, right? Uh, he, he got upset. It was emotional. Everybody saw that Russell missed the pass. And yet and still, it felt like it was really unprofessional. When you are grown with the quarterback, then there is a different kind of bond. It's a different deal when a 33-year-old quarterback is hanging out with a 22-year-old wide receiver. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Uh, great time. Uh, all sorts of really cool content uh, up at KOAColorado.com. We invite you to subscribe to the podcast. That way you never miss an episode of the show on the completely free and totally awesome iHeartRadio app. 
and uh, including our uh, exclusive interview with GM George Payton. But we'll get into some more insights coming up after 5 o'clock. The uh, Nuggets are, uh, and they are on a tear coming out of the All-Star break. We got five straight wins and convincing wins, all of them, double-digit wins across the board, except for last night, but six points uh, is still impressive considering uh, Jamal Murray ended up getting hurt. But what's what's kind of unique about all of this is not just Nikola Jokic, who is really further cementing that it's his MVP to lose at this point. I've really been impressed with Michael Porter Jr. You know, I, I mean, and, and for a while, they were playing, he was playing well, but there's just something, there's something about his game over these last few games that, that has just been really, really impressive. It's the double-doubles. It's the extra work on the glass. Uh, last night, they don't win against Miami without his 30 points, 11 rebounds. But he's also getting some defensive uh, stats in this, too. He's got two blocks, two steals last night, and he had three assists. So it, it's one of those deals like, we know MPJ is capable of this at any time. Like he's he's that kind of player. That's why you gave him a max contract. It's the consistency factor. But I tell you what, man, um, if he if he can bring that kind of hustle consistently the rest of the way, I I'd say get Jamal Murray right. I'm not even worried too much about it. As long as you don't burn out Nikola Jokic in this process of trying to get his third MVP, uh, MPJ should be able to pick up the slack. Yeah, I think uh, MPJ is is he's a special basketball player, and it's been uh, it's almost been a little like watching the growth of Jamal Murray, except we're doing it at a small forward, right? Because Jamal Murray had to be convinced that he was going to be a great basketball player, and Michael Malone did a great job of convincing him that it's going to be your team and your moment. And I think we've kind of looked at Michael Porter Jr. as a guy who is talented that got a late start because of the injuries out of college. And the first couple of years were throwaway, really. And then he got a contract extension that kind of put a lot of emphasis on who we think he can be without having had uh, without having to prove it. <clears throat> but when you look at Michael Porter Jr. now, I think what you see is a young man who is okay with his okay in his own skin because he did something last year during the playoffs that was kind of unique. He 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 you know, he said he was okay with coming off the bench. Listen. When you make the kind of money that he makes and you are a 6 foot 10 and you have this awesome sweet jump shot for for you to say that, I think it took everybody who was uh basketball fan by surprise that he would do that, make that statement. But what it did also for me was also prove that he's a team guy. Mm -hmm. And I think that the more that you see him play, the more that you understand he's just trying to, he's just trying to blend in with this team. Like whatever you need, man, you know, like winning the championship was great. He launched his own podcast, right? And yeah, and, and, and it's been, Kind of interesting watching that grow and and, and seeing who he is as uh, a, a content uh, a provider, but at the same time, I think that he is he is 
going to be as good as you need him to be. But the guy that outside of, you know, the awesome one-two mix of Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray, Aaron Gordon. Aaron Gordon. Aaron Gordon. He's the engine. Yes, he is, man. He is. He is. He's the heartbeat. He's he is he is what Kenyon Martin should have been for this team. Interesting. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. From like, a defensive presence, defensive presence, hustle, hustle, physical. I can uh, see that. You know what I'm saying? Like he, yeah, that's what he's Draymond Green for the for the Nuggets. Right, right. Except that he he doesn't love an outside jump shot. He'll take it. Yeah, he'll take it. I mean, every now and then he'll take it. But I think he's a better you know, player than Draymond. But. And he finishes around the rim. I mean, he's got to be every year that he's playing with the Denver Nuggets. He's got to be a top 15 dunker in the entire NBA. He finishes at the rim. But he had to learn that role. Yeah, because when he came over from when he came over from Orlando, he came over averaging like 26, 27 points a game. He was the guy. He was the guy. Uh, 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 he was on the brink of becoming an all star. Yeah, you know what? He a perennial All Star, anyways. I think he did make some All Star games. Did he make one from Orlando? I think so. It was so bad. It was kind of like when it was. It was it's kind of like uh, well, he was the best of that group. Yeah, I'm just saying. But it was kind of like watching uh, um, Kevin Love play for the Cleveland Cavaliers, Cavaliers all those years and put up huge numbers. That or Minnesota, you know, and 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 it wasn't. Excuse me. It was from Minnesota. Yeah, it was from Minnesota. They put up all those. Uh, all those great years of numbers, and then when you got him with the rest of the guys that could play, his numbers shrunk. Mm-hmm. So Aaron Gordon is kind of like that. You know, okay, you, you can you can average big numbers playing for a terrible team, but when you play for a good team, you know when you can average sixteen points a game, that means you're a good basketball player. By the way, MPJ, I mean he's not averaging his career high. But man, he is—he's putting up some some pretty significant numbers. I mean, averaging sixteen point four points per game, seven point one rebounds per game. Uh, by the way, uh, AG just to, by comparison, he's averaging almost fourteen points per game and almost six and a half rebounds per game. But but what those two guys are doing, and what should be, I guess, maybe discussed in line with almost everything else. Is the hustle numbers right? That's right. the stuff that's really impressive right. to me, and that's the stuff that I think that Michael Malone is really installed instilled in them, right? And and you brought up something that I thought was a really great point about Jamal Murray, and and I'd say this is the same conversation we have about MPJ. These guys are terrific scores, right? They've always been terrific scores, mm-hmm. like like high school, college. You know, you you get to the pros. They don't have a problem creating opportunities for themselves to score, but it was the rest of the game. It's rounding out their game, which includes defense, which includes assists, you know, getting other guys involved. You know, again, some of the hustle stuff. That's where Michael Malone's fingerprints can really be found on this team. Because Nikola Jokic, he sort of showed up and just did all that. He hasn't had a problem being a guy that'll stuff the stat sheet and do it all. Now, maybe he had to learn a bit a little bit on the defense, but for the the fact is... Nikola Jokic is is one of the more unassuming superstars in the league. He doesn't need to create opportunities to score. He'll take over a game if he has to. But he he is he's, he's the ultimate team guy. But th- that that right there, and, and the reason we're talking about all this, is why they are in such good position, even with the West being better, to repeat.
because because they have created a culture through their star players, because that's where it has to come from in the NBA. They've created a culture through their star players of playing to complement each other. And, th- and in some of the best teams that we've ever seen in the history of the league, that's exactly what they were able to do. And they were able to just continue that over a decade plus, right? Mm-hmm. So, so the way I look at it is like this, okay? Going right before the All-Star break, we had a little lull there, okay, where we lost a couple games. Lost three and, games, yeah. And uh, it was it was clear to see that we were burnt out, uh-huh. right? That's what it felt like. It, it, and, and you know what? And you didn't hear you didn't hear Michael Malone complain about it too much either. You didn't you didn't really hear him. You know, he's he, he, as a matter of fact he said it, the break was coming at the right time, which usually means like, okay, man, that's enough. Right now, the Nuggets are one and a half out of first uh, out of first place in the Western Conference, and the teams that are in front of them. Well, there's only there's only one team that you know that that you know that I am struggling with right now. That's Minnesota. It's Minnesota. It's it's really Minnesota. Um, you know, and. They're twenty two and six at home. The Nuggets are twenty four and five at home. Um, although Oklahoma Thunder are twenty and eight at home, it just feels like it's not their time yet. I don't know why. I'm telling you, man. I, I just, know. I, listen, I'm, I'm not telling you they can't win. I'm telling you what it feels like. Sure. You know, like it, it feels like it's not their time. Okay. Well, what? <sighs> So, so you say not their time. You just mean for a championship. Yes. Would it shock you to see them in the Western Conference Finals? Yes. Yes. It wouldn't shock me at all. See, what you then, then what you're saying is that let's just say the playoffs were to begin today, the right? Then you're saying that they would have to take on either the Suns or the Pelicans, mm-hmm. and you think that they would mop the floor with those two teams? Well, I. You see what I'm not, saying? Not an easy you see, out. You see what I'm saying? That, I mean, that, but that's what the number two would play the number six. Sure. Right? And I'm telling you right no, now. number two plays number seven. Number, okay, number two, play a number seven. Let's call it the Dallas Mavericks. Yeah, because you got, you got one through eight. Okay, and let's so, call it the Mavericks. The Mavericks are eight behind, just to show you how tight it is in the West. The Mavericks are eight behind, the Pelicans are seven and a half, and the Suns are seven. Yes. So I'm telling you, it could be one of those three. Any one of those. Any one of those three. You like your, you like, you like OKC to upset those veteran-led teams. Yeah, I do. I do. Absolutely. Okay. All right. I uh, don't. Okay. Yeah, and and uh, it, it's not to say that you know, again, Luca, Kyrie, if they're both healthy, which they barely have been healthy at the same time. They are now. They are now. But even Luca, I think, is questionable tonight. But but the point of it is. Uh, OKC, they got this fearlessness about him, man. There's a fearlessness. And Shea Gilgis Alexander, Mm -hmm. if Nikola Jokic sputters down the stretch, that's your MVP. Yeah. That that dude is playing. Jeff Holmgren. I mean, come on, man. Williams, they got they got they got talent for days. And, And and they have all sorts of different ways to beat you. And they're fearless. They 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 don't know any better. They're so young. Yeah, yeah. And and once again, we talked about how you build a team, right? We talked about the Denver Broncos and how they build a team. Yeah. Well, Sam Presti, the general manager for the uh, 
for the Oklahoma City Thunder, man. He, he's got the DNA of what a good team is supposed to look like. Uh-huh. And, you know, he, he's been able to put together a great roster in what seems like no time at all. But people forget that they had to be stripped down. They had to be stripped down, like we've been talking about, for the Denver Broncos. They got stripped down to get those those lottery picks. They did the right things by trading good players when they had them and, and acquiring other good draft picks. They went through that tough time, and now they're on the other side. But you know what? You say that, and I... And I- you're right. You're right. They did it. Don't, but, I mean, there's, me, no, I, there's no argument about that. I, no, I, there's argument about how other teams have done the same thing, and it hasn't worked out. The Detroit Pistons have stripped down, and they've yeah, had but talent. but they don't have Sam Presti. Oh, yeah, I know, but I'm saying nobody else has Sam Presti. Like, like, you look at Washington is another example of a team that has stripped down and gotten rid of all of their, their big contracts. And they're terrible. They're a nine-win team. I get it. The Houston uh, look, Charlotte's the, been terrible for how long? The Houston Rockets, right? I mean, you look at the Houston Rockets, and, and yeah, and, and certainly they are doing a lot better than They're they better. were last year. I yes. mean, last year, you know, they were a lottery team. This year, you know, they're they're not a lottery team, but they're not far from it. But they're but they added a lot of veteran leadership to try to match up with that youth that they had in the backcourt. And it's it's kind of worked out. It's they're not going to make the playoffs this year. But they're better. But they're better. But you know, here we go. You know, down the stretch, you know, as as it stands right now, the Warriors are ten and a half, and they're in the number ten spot. The Lakers are at number nine with ten games out, and the Kings are sitting there at eight and a half. So it looks like it's going to be a battle for the play-in game. No question about it. You know what I'm saying? The play-in game battle is. Is going to heat up here those, soon. Those are some teams right there. I mean, exactly. And so let's just say, let's just say that the Thunder somehow get a chance, you know, with one game back, you can see them surpassing the Timberwolves. Okay. Who you like? The Golden State Warriors or the Timberwolves? Timberwolves. Easy. Do you? Yeah. I, the the Warriors <laughs> look at him. Steph is Steph. I mean, there's no there's no denying Clay, that. Hey, did you see Clay the other night? Yeah, Clay's, yeah, yeah. Clay's coming alive again too. I got to see it for more than one game. Okay, bro. I'm just saying hey. it's, it's it's happening. Things things are starting to happen in the NBA right now. I mean, I think that what the Nuggets have done is put the hammer down, and they the kind of had to. Put, the, the Nuggets have put the hammer down, and they are staking their claim in the West. They had to though, right? I mean, because. They were sitting right there in the middle where they could have been in this conversation for six, seven, or eight. You ain't lying. And, and they just said, you know what? We're not going to do that. We're going to. And then I think it's all led by the Joker. Like, you know, going into the All-Star game, watching the Joker, man, he looked like he was just having fun. And, you know, and, and everything was hunky-dory. And and, and and I was just looking at him playing. I'm like, okay, you're an All-Star. This is, a, you know, this is the All-Star game. And then, you know, hey, you know, hey. Was that supposed to be a dunk that became an alley oop? I'm like, okay, okay. So he's just playing around, and you know. But you, when you slide into the All Star game, and then you see your All Star. By the way, is our only All Star. You see your All Star playing like that, and then you go, okay, maybe, maybe, you know, maybe last year was all year, and then after the All Star game, the hyper focus by the Joker by himself, man, has just been. 
I mean, he's been awesome. I mean, that dude has really, really been awesome. You know, I think that he may be, and this is hard for me to say, man, he may be trending in rare space from the center position like Hakeem Olajuwon special. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I mean he if is, he wins the third MVP. Well, I'm just saying, like, he is, I mean, I, I hold Hakeem Olajuwon in, like, you know, rare air for centers, you know, that I've seen. Better than Shaq? Oh, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, that's probably right. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the 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 nimbleness, the defensive presence, though. You know, like, nobody talks about his block shots. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? And and the Joker, what he does is he's able to play good defense. Now, he's not going to give you a cheap foul anymore. Early on in his career, he gives you a bunch of cheap fouls, and then at the end of the game, he's got to sit on the bench. And, you know, if you get a bucket here and there, you know, that, that's fine, okay? It, it's, it's, it's not going to hurt us, okay? But if you get two or three fouls that you should have just stayed away from, that's going to hurt us. You know, we need you to be in the game. It looks like he's been told, we need you to be in the game. He's been heard. Yeah, exactly. Since we need you to be in the game, Ryan, that means that every now and then, if, if, a, if a guy breaks free to the basket, that's a made basket. Don't challenge it. And that's something that we didn't see in, from the Joker until last year because he would get those fouls because he's an emotional player. Uh -huh. Now he's now he's reading uh, uh, back cuts and he's able to uh, have steals and everything. I mean, the guy, is, he, he, he's, he's amazing, man. He really is That's why I said it's his amazing. MVP to lose. Yeah, I, I, I think clearly right now the way that he's playing, the way that they've made up uh, ground and the way that the Denver Nuggets have looked since the All-Star break, it's his to lose. Let me ask you something, because Michael Malone the other day said that he isn't too worried about getting the one seed. That's not the priority here. And, and I, to a certain extent, I agree with him, right? You want to, I think the formula that you figured out was to be as healthy as possible for the postseason, right? Like, remember, they were resting guys down the stretch. Mm -hmm. They locked up the one seed, they, they felt good about it. It didn't. It didn't really matter as long as we're healthy. But if you had to pick, assuming it's not the one seed, you agree that you can't really fall further than four, right? I mean, you want to have home court in at least the first matchup, and you don't want to play Minnesota right away. So you're not. Well, you want to go out at eight anyway. So I, you're not going to be in the play-in. So, so would you agree that top four? And right now they're. They're sitting really pretty to be top three as long as they kind of keep at this pace. You you feel pretty good about that, or do you disagree with Michael Malone that the Nuggets should be still playing to try to get that first overall? I think there's I think where we sit right now at number three in the in the in the Western Conference, there you know okay we we're gonna say we're gonna avoid the Timberwolves and the Thunder in the first round. Okay, I think that's. I think that's going to happen. That's we're going to avoid them. Yeah. But right now, we're we're kind of looking at the Clippers and the uh, Suns as it stands. Now, I really I'm just to be I just want to be transparent here. Okay, I know that the Pelicans are playing a good brand of basketball. I haven't seen a ton of them. I just, you know, maybe because of you know, my fandom doesn't take me there. I just haven't seen a lot of the Pelicans and I know that Zion can take games over. But they they don't scare me at all. I don't know Brandon Ingram, C.J. McCollum. They got they got some players. Man. I understand, but I'm just saying. But they don't scare me at all. 
there's still some stalwarts of this Western Conference that make me make me a little weary. And, and number one, outside of the Timberwolves, would be the Clippers. Yeah, for me, it's the Phoenix Suns. Not me. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Not me. You mean? By the way, very quickly. What, what scares you about the Suns? <sighs> you know, I'm not the biggest Devin Booker guy, but man, when he when he gets Hot, he turns like the sun. He's like Jamal Murray. Okay, yeah. cancel it out. At 50 points. And okay. KD, KD is capable of that any night. And then Bradley Beal, I don't know what that looks like in the postseason yet. Mm, we haven't seen that. Right. So they just need to kind of hang around. But they, they got two players that are the same. But I, I know that. But that then you can rotate and you have got one of them on the court at all times. So that I just don't know what it looks like yet. That's that's my only thing. I know what they looked like last year. That didn't scare me. This year, and plus, by the well, way, I mean they were on uh, Nurkic's center is exactly much different DeAndre than DeAndre Aiden. That's right. He's better. DeAndre Aiden really, really disappointed me. Yeah, man. Nurkic is Nurkic is better. They, they're they're, and I think that there's something between the Joker and. His homeboy, his very, former teammate. Very quickly. So you you mentioned the uh, Golden State Warriors are ten and a half back at the ten seed. Have you looked at the East? No. The ten seed is twenty and a half mm, back. Mm. So you want to talk about how different the West and the East are? Shows up right there. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry. Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, believe it by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.